0: The title of my message today is Never, Always, and Nothing. Never, Always, and Nothing. And I want to read to you in uh, Hebrews chapter 13. It says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Come on, somebody. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Romans chapter eight says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? Just as it is written for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but in the midst of all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always, and nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Oh, do we serve a good God? Come on. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. You forgive me this morning if this sermon breaks me because the Lord broke me uh, when I was getting ready for this message a couple weeks ago, in fact. <sighs> Kathy and I were watching a movie and it was about this, this young lady who uh, got on a plane and the plane uh crashed and she ended up on an island by herself and the whole story is her trying to survive but during the story she keeps having flashbacks of her childhood and growing up and dealing with the trauma because her mother abandoned her and her father when she was a little girl and i began to think of all the people in my life that i have known who have had someone abandon them i you know these scriptures mean a lot to me But they don't mean as much to me to someone whose father walked out on them when they were a kid. I had a friend who was, uh, I worked with him for a while. And, you know, when you work with somebody eight hours a day, you get to know them after a while. And it became apparent to me as he began to talk about his life, how that his dad walking out on him had such a deep impact. This man was in his 30s at the time, but it's still, there was still a gaping hole, a wound in his heart. Why Did he abandon me? Why did he leave me? Why? And today, this may get personal to you because you may have experienced a spouse walking out of your life or a parent walking out of your life or somebody leaving you, somebody that was supposed to love you, someone that was supposed to be there for you. But they walked out of your life or maybe they didn't walk out. Maybe they they left by the way of the grave and it wasn't their intention, but it just happened. And here you are. And it hurts. And there's a there's a gaping hole in your life. People have been abandoned and it has caused devastating hurt within people. And I know we like to put on our I'm tough and it doesn't bother me and I've gotten over it and they can go their way and I'll just go mine and I don't need them. But the truth is deep down inside, when your parents, when your mom, when your dad walk away and leave you, it leaves a hole in your life. It's not supposed to be that way. And as I was watching this movie, the Lord spoke to me and he told me, he said, Mylon, those scriptures mean a lot to you. But think of what they mean to the people who had a parent walk out on him. When the parent walked out on him, but Jesus says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. When the spouse walked out on you, but Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. When someone you love walked out on you, but God is saying to you, There is nothing in the universe that can separate me from you because I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, God, that you are with us. Always. My goal for you today is for you to realize deep within your heart that God is with you and the profound impact that that's going to have on your life when you live in the knowledge, the reality, when you are engaged in the truth that he is with me. Praise his wonderful name. God is with you always. What does that mean always? It means in your time of trouble. Do you know people will abandon you in your time of trouble? People will abandon you when you get uh, into a mess, when you get arrested, when you uh, go through a divorce, when you're not doing well or you get fired from your job, you're not making as much money as you used to. Whatever it is, when you go through it, there are people that used to be your friends, used to be your people, and they will turn around and they will go the other way. But God is a present help in the time of trouble. Can I tell you something? The three Hebrew children had to face the fire. They had to go through the struggle and the turmoil. And and I always say this, you know, if you're doing good in life right now, just hold on because there's a curve in your road coming. Some problem is coming your way. Jesus didn't say, I'll give you a life with no trouble. He said, I'll be with you through it all. I've overcome the world. Amen. So when we go through trouble, these three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decided, you know what, we'd rather face the fire, the turmoil, knowing that our God can deliver us. Can I tell you something? They heated up the fire seven times hotter than it normally was. They threw them in there, but they didn't die. In fact, they didn't even burn. The Bible says that only thing that burned on them was the ropes that was holding them back. Come on. And then they looked into the fire expecting to see burnt bodies with smoke coming off of their melted flesh. What they saw was not just three men in the fire, but there was a fourth man in the fire. Amen. Can I tell you something? In the fire, Jesus is with you. Hallelujah. Whatever you're going through today, if you're in jail, Jesus is with you. If you're in the poorhouse, Jesus is with you. If you're living in your car, Jesus is with you. If you're going through divorce, Jesus is with you. Whatever turmoil, if you're at the doctor's office waiting on the report and you don't know whether it's going to be good or bad, Jesus is with you. Whatever fire you may face today, can I promise you, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm with you always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your time of trouble, he's with you. And in your time of failure, he's with you. Can I tell you something? We screw up. The the DNA of a Christian is getting back up. That's what it is. It's not always doing what's right. It's falling down and getting back up over and over and over again. And once again, when you fail, there are people who are going to leave you behind. When you make a mistake, when you sin, when you do things you know you shouldn't do, in your time of failure, there are people who will walk away from your life. They'll get mad at you. They'll turn you away. The boss will fire you. The wife will leave you. Whatever it is, people will walk away from you. And if anybody has the right to walk away from your sin and my sin, it's God. But you know what? God won't leave you even when you fall. Even when you fail, he is with you. I'm reminded of Peter. You know, Peter was, uh, he, he was, he was just an amazing kind of character because on, on one moment, he says, Lord, I'll defend you to the death. And then the next moment, he's saying, I don't know who Jesus is three times, right? He denied Jesus three times. You know, Jesus was not surprised by Peter's failure. God's not surprised by your failure. God is not stunned when you and I do things we shouldn't do. He's aware of our faults and failures, and he loves us and uses us anyway. Come on. He knew Peter was going to fail. And yet, from the very beginning, when he talked to Peter, he said, come, follow me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to do something great with your life. He told Peter afterwards, he said, now, when you have turned, go and strengthen your brothers and sisters. Come on. He knew Peter would fail, yet he didn't abandon Peter. Can I tell you something? Peter may have abandoned Jesus by the fire, but Jesus never left Peter. Come on. you got to get this today. You're not really holding God. God is holding you. It's not your ability to trust in God so much as it's God's ability to keep you in his hand. Jesus said, well, those who have been put in my father's hand are there, and they cannot be taken away. Come on. Hallelujah. Yes. Can I promise you that when I fall, Jesus is there with me? You want to know who the Holy Spirit is? The Holy Spirit, when you fall, is not the one beating you up. He's the one picking you up. Come on. He's the one telling you, come on, get back up again. Come on. We got a ways to go. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful that God loves me in spite of my failure. If it was up to me, it'd be a mess, but it's up to him. His love is greater than my sin. His blood still cleanses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your time of failure, Jesus will not abandon you. When everyone else has let you down and walked the other way, God won't leave you and he won't forsake you. And even when your time on earth is up, God is there with you. You know, I've watched a lot of people pass from this life into the next. Some were family members, some were church family. And I think as family members, you know, the best thing you can do is just try to be there and love people. Because the truth is, you can be there while someone passes, but you can't go with them. Do you hear what I just said? There's some journeys you just can't take with the people you love. Oh, but Jesus said, I'll never leave you. Never forsake you. Stephen was a man full of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts chapter 7 and He did signs and wonders and great things, the Bible says. And then he got into some arguments with some folks, and they began to make accusations at him. And he was brought before the religious leaders, and he argued with them, and they decided in that moment to kill him. And they began to pick up stones and throw stones at Stephen. And you know what he said? He said this, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he died that day. I want you to notice a couple things. Number one, the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, not standing at the right hand of God. Could it be that when a child of God dies, Jesus gets up? I don't know. I like to think that's a, that's a pretty interesting thought, isn't it? And why would he do that? Because you're not going to go through death alone. He is with you even to the very end of the age. Jesus will not let you go, even through death alone. When your wife can't be with you, when your parents can't be with you, when your kids can't be with you on that journey where you cross over to the other side, Jesus is there with you. Can I tell you something today? Jesus is with you always through everything, even if it's your time today. Hallelujah. And you know, because I know he is with me, it changes how I live my life. For one, it gives me peace. Hallelujah. It gives me peace. I remember when, when I was a kid, we'd play outside in the yard, me and my brother, and there, we had a side of the house that was kind of dark. You know what I'm talking about? It was a small area. And when it was the daytime, we'd play over there, nothing to it. But when it got dark, the side of the house was creepy and we didn't go back there. And if, if a toy or a ball got left, we would run back there real quick and run back out because we didn't want to be in the dark because there was boogeyman in the dark. There were devils in the dark, right? But, you know, if it was too scary for me, I'd go get my dad or my mom, and they'd walk with me. And you know what happens when dad and mom walk with you through the dark? Look, you got courage. Come on. You're not afraid. Hallelujah. It does something for you. It gives you peace because you know someone greater than the dark is with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? Because he's with me, I can go through the storm. I can go through the struggle. I can go through it all because he's with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he's with me, I have strength. Tanisha sang that song. Man, that moved me today. Because sometimes we're just out of strength. It just seems like, you ever feel like you're rolling a rock up a hill in life, and if you get it up a foot, it just rolls back down on top of you? Come on. And sometimes you just run out. But the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Because God is with me, I feel like I can get back up one more time. I can take one more swing. I can go at it one more time. There there's never seems to be an end to the strength when it comes from the Lord because the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. And I know that if he's with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Hallelujah. Because he is with me, he gives me comfort. I can be at peace even though I'm in the midst of the storm. What did the psalmist say? He said, even though I'm in the presence of my enemies, he gives me a table to sit down. Hallelujah. You know, you got to have some peace about you to sit down at a table and enjoy a meal when the enemy is all around you. You got to have some peace about you to, to step out of the boat onto the water when the storm is raging. That's what God wants you to know today, that if he is with you, that is your source of comfort gives me comfort to know that God is with me, and it gives me hope. Honestly, sometimes when I lose hope, you know what's happening? I'm, I'm looking at me, my past, my abilities, my knowledge, my power, my wisdom, my talent. I'm looking at me and the task ahead, and I am woefully insufficient for what I face. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, if you just go by my track record, it's not good. Because I'm a knucklehead, and so were you. (laughs) Come on. But you know what gives me hope is it's not me. It's Jesus. If you've ever seen me do or accomplish anything great, can I promise you it wasn't me. It was Christ in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It gives me hope to know that it's not really up to me. Kathy and I were at the coffee shop this morning, and she encouraged me so greatly because sometimes as a pastor, you know, things can get discouraging. News comes to you that can be discouraging, and that happens in our life. But, you know, she encouraged me because she told me it's not up to us. It's up to God. Hallelujah. We just plant seed. We water them, but God's the one who gives the increase. Hallelujah. The results are up to him, and if you're okay with whatever God wants, can I promise you something today? No one ever missed God by sitting back and trusting him. Hallelujah. 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 God's not up in heaven wishing you'd do more. Hallelujah. God's up in heaven wishing you'd trust him. Just trust me. Just trust me. I got this. Hallelujah. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. That means my don't need to build it. Milan just needs to get out of the way and let God be God. Come on, somebody. Oh, you don't need to worry about everything. Just let God be God in your life. It is my hope. Can I tell you what you need to know? That when God is with you, you should engage his presence. How do you engage the presence of God? Because there's a lot of people who the presence of God is with them, but they don't engage. They don't, they don't take advantage of it. It'd be like if you, just, if you were married and you never talked to your spouse. You'd still be in the same room, but you wouldn't be taking advantage of what was right in front of you. And God is with you. Engage him. Worship him in your day. Take some time. It takes just a couple of seconds to stop and say, Lord, I just praise you. You're good to me. Just, and, and you know the best time to do that is when you don't feel like everything's good. Come on. <laughs> That's the best time to just declare God is good and he's been good to me. And I'm grateful to him. Worship God throughout your life and throughout your day. Engage God. You know what the Bible says? God inhabits the praises of his people. Can I promise you today that when you start praising God, God shows up. Hallelujah. And when God shows up, everything changes. Paul and Silas were in a prison. They had been beaten. They were shackled to the walls. And what does the Bible say? At the midnight hour, they sang praises to God. Hallelujah. And you know what happened? The walls began to shake and tremble. And the chains began to fall off. Because you know why? When you praise God, he shows up. And when he shows up, everything changes. Hallelujah. Some of you, you're just that far from God showing up in your life and doing something miraculous. Praise him. Engage God in your daily life. Praise him and pray. Pray. You know, I challenge you all the time. Don't think of prayer as therapy to make you feel better. That's not what prayer is. And don't think of prayer as God's your ATM machine and he's about to give you whatever you want to get out of the ATM machine. Prayer is really about you being in the presence of God and not so much about God changing what's around you as God changing what's in you. You know what I find in prayer is that he shapes me into his will. It's not that he shapes my world into my will. Oh, did you hear that? Sometimes I go to God and I just, I take my burdens to him and you should, you should take your burdens to the Lord. And I have these things that I ask God, you got to fix this. And they seem so big until I get into his glory. And when I'm, I'm in his glory, all of a sudden, all those big mountains, they don't seem so big anymore. And oftentimes I leave with the thought, you know what? It don't matter if it turns out my way. I'm not God anyway. Come on. God is God and he knows what he's doing. And if I trust him, he will not let me down. Hallelujah. Get in the presence of God. He's with you. Pray. Talk to him. Let him shape your mind. Let him shape your heart. You'll be amazed how that when you just get into the presence of God, how he will shape you to fit your environment. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because sometimes we want God to change our circumstances, but what if we were changed within the midst of our circumstances? What if that was the key? What if instead of you're in a bad place, you're in a bad job, in a bad situation, a bad relationship, a, a bad community, whatever. You're in this bad place and you wish God would get you out of it. But what if you're there because God wants to use you in the middle of it? What if you're the answer to prayer? And if God would change you, everything around you would begin to change. That's what prayer does. You see, when Jesus went off to pray to his father, it wasn't to ask God to do what he wanted. It was to say, Father, what is your will? Not my will, but thine be done. Hallelujah. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Come on. Hallelujah, engage in worship, engage in prayer and engage in the word of God. Engage in the word of God. Your word is truth. Jesus said, it's the truth. There's a battle over truth today, man. I I can't get into this, but let me just give you a little snippet. I've talked a little bit about this before, but you, you know, you remember when Lucifer decided he wanted to be like God He said, I will exalt myself and I will become like God. Well, one of the aspects of God that no one else gets is that God declares the truth. So what does Lucifer do? He's the father of what? He declares stuff that is not in alignment with God's truth. And so if you live out of alignment with God's truth, you're living a what? You're living a lie. And that's where we're at today when people say, this is my truth. They're saying, I'm going to be like God, and I'm going to declare how things should be. You know what happens to people who get on God's throne? They get knocked off of God's throne, don't they? It's just a matter of time, right? Hallelujah. What is truth today? You remember Jesus came before Pilate? Jesus said, I come to testify to the truth. Pilate said, what is truth? We're still grappling with that same question today Jesus said I'm the way I'm the truth and I'm the life what does that mean that means God is the God who cannot lie you know why because if he says it it's the truth to you and I, truth exists outside of us we can be in alignment with it or not so if I tell you today I'm seven foot tall you know one of two things either I'm delusional or I'm a liar do you know if God says I'm seven foot tall, I would become seven foot tall because he cannot lie. If he says it, it's going to be. That's why he says I'm the truth because if he speaks it, even though it's not, it becomes hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you catch that today? What is truth? Jesus said, your word is truth. Hallelujah. The people living in a lie keep chasing their own tales. They have a problem because there's no foundation. But the children of God know the word, and the word has set us free because the word is the truth. Can I tell you something? You need to get into the word of God. You need to open up your Bible, your phone, your tablet, whatever it is, wherever you read the Bible, and get into the word of God. Can I tell you, there are times that you read and you think, well, I didn't get anything out of that. And maybe in your mind, you think, I don't even remember what I read this morning, but in your spirit, the word of God is getting implanted in you. And the Bible says that the Holy spirit will bring things to your remembrance because these aren't just lessons to be learned. This is God in written form, getting inside of your spirit. We need the word of God engage in the word of God. If you can be on TikTok for two hours, you can read the Bible for 10 minutes oh, I'm in your kitchen now. you know. God is with me. I take comfort in knowing that God is with me. He will never leave me, never forsake me. You know what? I can't do anything to make God leave me. There, there's no struggle I can go through that would make God leave me. There's no accusation that Satan can bring before God about me that would cause God to leave me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Why? What in the world motivates God? It is love. Once again, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, nakedness, peril, sword. It seems like, as it's written, we are killed all day long. We're considered like sheep to be slaughtered. But even in the midst of all of these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nothing I've done in the past, nothing that's coming in my future, no powers, no height, no depth, no created thing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You know why Jesus is with you? He's stuck to you like glue because he loves you. <laughs> hallelujah he loves you he didn't love you because of who you are he loves you because of who he is hallelujah hallelujah do you get that today you don't have to be good enough for God to love you God loves you because God is love today when you leave this place you're not going alone God is with you when you go to your job tomorrow you are not alone for he is with you when you go through the fire Jesus is in the middle of the fire when you fall down and everyone else abandons you God God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to leave you with this thought. You know, I was raised with parents who are sitting right over here who never left me, never abandoned me. Maybe today you didn't have that. Maybe you had a parent that left you and it hurts. Maybe you had a spouse that left you or a kid that won't talk to you right now. And the hurt is deep. And and my heart goes out to you because I felt like this past couple of weeks, although I've never personally experienced it, I think the Holy Spirit kind of let me feel just a taste of what some people go through to understand why this scripture means so much to them. That God promised, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. You stuck with me. Brother, I'm going to stay with you no matter what. Hallelujah. Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You can't rely on people because even if I intend to always be, I used to tell people, I'll always be here for you. Then I realized what a dumb thing to say. It's like trying to be Jesus. I ain't Jesus. I'm not Jesus. I mean, like, there's what, I don't know, 30 people at church today. If I'm with one of you helping you and someone else needs me, I can't be with both of you, can I? Because I'm not Jesus. Jesus. And people say, well, Pastor will he's there for you 24 hours a day. I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm asleep and I turn the phone off And because you know why? I'm human. I'm not Jesus. So I don't tell people I will be there for you always. What I tell them is that I'll be there as I can But God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Hallelujah. He is with you always. Hallelujah. Jesus. Glory be to his name. I'm so grateful today that no matter where I go, no matter what I go through, God is with me. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me. And if the Lord don't come again and it comes my time and everyone may be around me and with me, people who love me may may be with me. When I go, they can't go with me, but God is with me even when I leave this life. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your great, great promise that you would never leave us, you'd never forsake us. We take courage, comfort, peace, and hope in your presence, Lord. Sometimes, God, being people, we just kind of forget you're there. And we start trusting in our own selves and fear sets in and worry and anxiety. But I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd remind us of your promises, that you are with us always. And that we would take courage and hope in your presence. I pray that we would engage your presence, not just on Sundays, Lord, but when it really matters, Lord, out there on our jobs, in our schools, in our homes, in our communities. God, I pray that we would not only be aware of your presence and engaged in your presence, but we would be changed. By your presence, for you are like a fire. The closer we get to you, the warmer we are, Lord God. So I thank you, Jesus, for just being you, for loving me, even during the times when I've been the most unlovable. For when I have been faithless, you have been faithful. When I have fallen down, you have stood strong and carried me. When I have been weak, you have been strong. You deserve all of the glory. We love you so much, Jesus, and we thank you.